Um, you have a, a pamphlet, a Vision 2023 pamphlet, brochure, whatever you call it, that you guys have. Um, it's going to be referenced later, and so I do want to encourage you just to um, keep it out, all right? Um, I'm not going to go through it, but the team here, and by the way, would you welcome Pastor Alec and Krista and Pastor Jim? <clears throat> Say hey. <clears throat> or good morning. Um, it's so what we're going to do today is this. I, I want to lay out uh, our time together. I'm going to give you today an explanation of what vision is. I'm going to lay out a biblical premise or a foundation for the vision that God has given to us for this year. Uh, I'm going to share with you how God delivered that to us. And then the team's going to have an opportunity. The leaders here are going to uh, give you a snapshot of what some of it's going to look like practically. And then we're going to wrap up our time together uh, praying and then with some worship. So we got a lot to do. All right, we got a lot to do. Stand up with me today. We're in John chapter 14, continuing in um, our Encounter Jesus series. If you need a Bible, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Get your hand up high if you need a Bible. We're going to take a minute to get a Bible in your hands. Awesome. Thank you so much. Sorry I did this out of order right over there. Um, if you prefer the digital form, download our app, and there's a Bible on our app. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate that. We're just going to, we're going to let it happen here for a minute. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. This is a Bible to borrow, not to take. <clears throat> if you don't have a Bible, then um, we're happy to give you a Bible. Uh, but not that one. <laughs> All right, John chapter 14. There's a lot in these verses. I for sure don't have the time to unpack it all today, so encourage you to use your encounter journal um, and just spend some time reflecting on these verses. Ready? The Bible says, let not your hearts, verse one, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Say amen to that today, because that's good. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas, by the way, thank God for the skeptic, because if the skeptic wouldn't have asked the question, we wouldn't have had such an amazing answer. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, and the church said together, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Awesome. If you'd known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Question number two from Philip, because the disciples were confused. Philip said to him, Lord, or it was a statement, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Perichoresis, the mutual indwelling of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a beautiful aspect of the triune Godhead. The words that I say, Jesus goes on to say, to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe 
me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else or at least or even if you're having a hard time with it, believe on account of the works themselves. And then he does something that is just so interesting, all right? I mean, kind of out of left field, he gives them a pre-commission pre-commissioning commission. So before the great commission, he gives them this commission. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he or she do because I'm going to the Father. And then check this out. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, what does he say? I will do it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the words of your Son today. God, we pray for clarity of vision. We don't want man's vision. We don't want the latest, greatest vision that's circulating among churches. We want your vision. We want to know what you have planned. God, we know that you've set it up before the world was ever made. And so, God, help us to key in, to clue in, to be connected to what is on your heart. And Father, we pray because only your Holy Spirit can do it. We pray there'd not be a heart left behind we pray that there not be a heart sitting on the fringes, sitting on the bench, watching the field from the stands. But God, we would all be in partnership with you. We would all be engaged. God, we would walk together in a unity as Awaken Las Vegas like we've never experienced before in our existence. Father, we pray, make us a strong church. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. <laughs> so I say all of that to give you an illustration on Walt Disney here, you know. <laughs> Walt Disney died before Disney World in Florida was finally completed and open to the public. On opening day, Walt's wife was invited to say a few words at the opening ceremony. And on the big day, the master of ceremonies said, in kind of a wistful, sad way, I wish that Walt could have seen this. In response, Mrs. Disney simply said, he did see it, that's why it's here. He did see it, that's why it's here. You know, I think that that is such a beautiful illustration, a perfect illustration of what vision is. I appreciate what she said. He did see it, that's why it exists. And that really is what vision is. Vision is to see a goal which doesn't yet exist and have the conviction, the drive, and the commitment to make it a reality. That's vision. To see something that doesn't yet exist and to have the conviction, the drive, and the commitment to make it a reality. And I know you'll agree with me when I say this, no one does that better than God. No one does that better than God. Like before we start talking about man's vision and what man can do, let's just remember that all that we are able to do from the point of view of a vision and creating something that doesn't exist simply happens because we've been made in the image of God. He is the ultimate visionary. And he doesn't, he doesn't 
uh, roll his vision out in animation or cinema or theme parks, right? Think about it like this. Every thought you think, every breath that you breathe, every meal you eat with your friends and your family and the laughter that you enjoy, the stages of growth, the onset of old age is a living reality that we are in because it is God's vision being played out. That is the kind of visionary that God is. God's vision is so powerful that he writes it as a living story and expresses it as a promise. It, 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 listen, in other words, and you know this is what we're talking about when we talk about prophecy. God speaks of things that has that have not happened yet as if they've already happened. That's the kind of visionary God is. If he says it's going to happen, you can be sure that it is going to happen. His eternal promises are as good as done, and they are all centered around his son, Jesus. And I think John chapter 14, you know, we may have never seen it like this before, and some of what uh, I'm gonna say to you today um, means that we have to dislodge the normal way that we read John chapter 14. I think this is a beautiful portrait of God's vision. I think it speaks to us that God's vision is in fact a mission that's centralized around his people. It's centralized, excuse me, first around the person of Christ. And then as his mission is centralized around Jesus, what we see is that the tool that he uses to bring his vision or his mission to pass is in fact his people. Let me say it like this. God's vision has a mission to rescue and renew a lost humanity and a fallen creation, a goal that he faithfully brings to pass through Christ and his people, the church. Do you believe that today? Let me just say it again. God's vision has a mission to rescue and renew a lost humanity and a fallen creation. This is a goal that he faithfully brings to pass through Christ and his people, the church. And what we see in these verses are two powerful truths that are connected to unchanging promises that God has made. Uh, number one is this, we are his people. We are his people. We are Jesus' people. Are you blessed to be a Jesus person today? And this is the way that he says it, all right? In the ESV, it's believe in God, believe also in me. In the New King James Version, it is you believe in God, also believe in me. And what Jesus is saying here, and this is how it's unpacked in these verses, right? We're going to see in verses 1 to 4 that Jesus is the, is the center of the story of God. He is central to all things. We're going to see in response to Thomas that he is the way to the Father. We're going to see in response to Philip, actually we won't see it because I don't have time to unpack it today, but if you read more you'd see that he is equal with the Father, that he and the Father are one. This was what he said to Philip, hey, Phil, have I been with you so long that you've not known me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then we're going to see as well, or at least, you know, in a cursory way, that he is the key to answered prayer. Look, Jesus is the center of all things. In these verses, we see that he is the central theme to the mission of God. We recognize that he is the way to the Father. 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. We see that he is equal to the Father. We also see that he is the key to answered prayer. But I want to say to you, like if you're a disciple and you're Jewish and you're listening to Jesus, there's a lot more to the phrase believe in God than meets the eye of the reader today. Because you know, when we talk about belief, sometimes, and, and it's not conveyed from the pulpit like this, but sometimes in our Christian culture or in the world when we say believe, it's like, well, token belief, right? Token belief, it's kind of just a word. We never really necessarily unpack it. We don't know the extent to it. It's almost like God's just a category in your life. You know, one of many categories in your life. And so believe in God and then you have the rest of your life. But if you're a Jewish disciple listening to Jesus say this, you know he means so much more than that. Because for the Jew to believe in God meant that, that God permeated all of your life. God permeated everything. He permeated your family, he permeated your work, he permeated your leisure. He filled your dreams. He permeated the way that you spoke and the way that you thought. All of life itself was bound up in God. And when Jesus says, you've believed in God, right? Like your whole existence, the whole culture that you've been living in has been saturated and permeated with God, whether it's work or leisure, your dreams, the way you speak, the way uh, you think. Well, that same type of framework is the same framework you apply to me. The same framework you apply to me. In fact, that's what it means to be a Christian. It means that your life has been centralized around the person of Jesus Christ. Are you with me today on that, on that point? Okay, <clears throat> he's, not just a, he's not just a piece of your life, a part of your life, a category in your life. No, to believe in Jesus means that he has permeated all of your life. He is central to everything. He is the epicenter. He is the one that you orbit around. Your life is no, you've had a Copernicus revolution. You recognize that the world does not revolve around you anymore. It revolves around Jesus Christ, who is the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> and this is what happens when, when that's the case in your life, your heart is no longer troubled. Your heart is no longer troubled. You're living in a state of peace because your being, your whole being is now centered on Jesus Christ. When he was saying, hey, let not your heart be troubled, you know, sometimes we just jump to, well, I've got that place, that mansion in heaven, and, and that's not where he goes first. He says, first and foremost, that peace that state of peace in your being, that settled assurance that all things are gonna work out just the way that I've intended them to, it comes from having your life centralized upon me. You are now in his story. You're now in his story. You're not in the culture's story anymore. And Jesus' story and the culture's story are two completely different stories. The culture's story says this, you're a clump of cells that has developed into an organized system over centuries of evolution, barreling towards an end of oblivion and nothingness. And I think, man, what a miserable origin story that is. Like, that's just miserable. And then what a horrible goal for your life to lead up to, oblivion and nothingness. If you're a Christian today, I've got good news for you. That's not your story. Like, that's not your story. 
Our culture also would say, the story of the culture says this, you are living to be satisfied by the things of this world or good moral living or interpersonal relationships or the next experience that you can have. As you hunger for more, what the world offers will satisfy the deep-seated need in your heart. That's the story of the world. And I have to say to you today that the world can never deliver on that promise. The world can never deliver on that promise. There is only one who is able to bring that deep-seated satisfaction that you need, and his name is Jesus. He is the Messiah of God. And you were, you were wound up, you were bound up, you were tied up in the culture story, but as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus who has centralized their life around the person of Christ, you've been set free. You are Jesus people, church. You're Jesus people. You're a counterculture. You're a, I didn't say you're an anti-culture. You're a counterculture. You're a contrast community. We're living a different story. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We're like a city set on a hill. We're a bright shining light. The world looks at us and sees something completely different. That's because we're living, living according to the story of God. Now, you might be thinking today, well, what is, what is God's story? And let me just say it like this. I'm sure it could be said in different ways, but I wanna say it like this. Uh, we are made, God's story is this, we are made by God and rescued by God to enjoy him and the ultimate eternal renewal of all things, bringing as many people with us as possible. That's, that's the story that we're a part of. We're made by God and rescued by God. Have you been rescued today? Just curious. Any rescued people in the house? Some may feel more rescued than others. We are made... We're made by God and rescued by God to enjoy him. Are you enjoying God? <laughs> all right, that was kind of, mm. Are you enjoying God? Man, he's, all right, good, just checking. And the eternal renewal of all things, we'll unpack that later on, while, check this out, and we'll talk about, you know, the dialectic here in just a minute, while bringing as many people with us as possible. This is the second truth that's embedded in the promises here, and it's this. We continue Christ's mission to see fallen people redeemed. And that's the picture that he lays out. He's like, man, you guys, and it's more than just chill out. He's like, like enter into that, that state of peace in your being as you centralize your life around me because there's this thing that I'm doing. Man, I'm building an eternal house. I'm building a massive mansion. I'm giving you a picture of what the goal, the target really is. A goal, a target, a purpose, a mission that God had, the triune God had, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they had before the world was ever made. This amazing picture uh, where we will populate, we will populate this new creation and live in the eternal presence of God. I hope you're looking forward to that, all right? I hope you're looking forward to that. Now, now listen, the piece we need to dis dislodge ourselves from is this. Sometimes when we read these verses, you know, it's, it's all about ourselves. It's all about me. And there is a me aspect, right? We, we think, and, and the way sometimes we hear it is, okay, you know, he's got, he's got a place for me. He's got... Um, 
Uh, he's got a, a pad, an eternal pad for me. This is my crib. He's fashioning and shaping my crib in heaven. And, you know, we imagine what that's going to be like, streets of gold and gates made of pearl, and it's going to be absolutely awesome, and I can't wait for that place for me. I really don't care who else is there. It's just my spot. Hopefully, I'll have some insulation from other people because I really don't dig the urban setting, you know. I mean, just... Or we say this because sometimes it, it's interpreted like this. Well, mansion doesn't mean mansion. It means the new body. And so sometimes when you hear pastors preach, they say, well, he's really talking about your new body. And so some of us are like, man, that's awesome. I can't wait for that because I, I want to be, be, be buff. I want to be, be jacked, e eternally jacked for Jesus. I, I want to I wanna be tall. I want hair, I want hair. And I'm just saying like, you know, sometimes it's tongue in cheek, right? And, and there is a piece of this. It's like, man, he does love us. He does love the individual. He has thought this through for me and you, but it's more than just you and me, it's others. It's others. And this is the purpose of the picture. Like he gives this picture so we can see that this eternal thing that he is doing is big, it's growing, it's going to be filled with people, souls, right? Souls that have been made in the image of God. I drive around, um, obviously, all the time here in Las Vegas, and sometimes when Rachel and I are driving, it's like there's construction everywhere. Sometimes I've got, I'm not even like thinking, right? I've got all these different things that are happening. I don't even know if the light's really red or green. I'm just driving. And, and, I'll, and I'll say to her, man, that's, that's crazy. Look at that new construction. She's like, babe, that's been there for like six months. But it's always an apartment complex. It's always an apartment complex. Like I am... I am shocked at how many apartment complexes are built in the city of Las Vegas, right? How can we possibly fill that? But there's an owner, and the, and the owner, she thinks this. She thinks, okay, I'm going to build this thing, and the purpose of building it is so that, not so that it can be empty, but so that it can be full. I want it full. And so what she does is she creates a team. She creates a team that has a purpose, and they all have different gifts. They're all specialized in their particular area, whatever that area may be. And collectively, as they come together as a team, their goal, their effort is to fill up the place because that's what you want. And I just want to say, that's us. That's us. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit have this eternal vision. There's a mission in mind. It's centralized around the person of Christ, and, and everything in life is going towards this. Everything in life is going towards this. And he has enlisted us. He's enlisted us as his Spirit-filled team with unique Spirit-given gifts to accomplish this divine purpose that he has. He has enlisted us. He has elected us. He has chosen us. You ever, like, you know, you're in, you're in elementary school and, or high school or whatever, and they're picking people, you know, to be on your team, and some of you were the first person that was picked. Some of you weren't. And, and you know what? Sometimes it's like when you're the last, it's like, you're, you know what? You're not picking me. I'm like leftover. And you have, you're just stuck with me. And I just, I, this is not part of the message and I'm just, I'm going over my time, but you're not leftovers to God. I have to, I got to tell you that. You're not leftovers. God, God didn't look at you. God didn't look at you and say, well, I guess the devil didn't want him. 
you know? God, that's not, that's not the way that it was. God picked you, God chose you before you ever did a single thing. Before you ever did a single thing, we are, we are the people that he has enlisted to bring this to pass. And, and so Revelation chapter seven, verse nine, gives a picture of what it's gonna look like, right? And this is God speaking to us about something that hasn't yet happened that is a, a matter of fact because he's gonna do it. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's what, that is what God is doing. That is what God is doing. Look, you know, sometimes as Christians, we, we get distracted by ancillary issues. We get all caught up in these other stories, and sometimes, you know, they're stories that we try to pull into God's story and we try to bring to pass the things of God by using the power of the world. And God says, hey, don't get distracted, all right? It's not that some of those things aren't important, but the real story, the main story is this. I'm populating heaven, I'm populating this eternal place for my glory. That's what we are after as Jesus people. I've said to you over the Last number of weeks, we're worshipers, we're servants, we're loving. Today, I wanna say to you, we're missional. We're missional. We live for Christ and his mission. All of us do. I, I shared with you a phrase last week, and I said I was gonna unpack it, and we will throughout this year. The phrase is missional living, and I wanna describe it to you today. Missional living is ordinary people doing ordinary things with a deliberate desire to be a gospel influence. That's what missional living is. Missional living is ordinary people doing ordinary things with a deliberate desire to be a gospel influence. That is true for the carpenter and the car salesperson. That is true for the missionary and the mom who works from home. That is true for the pastor and the police officer. That is true for the business owner and the bartender. The fact is this, we have one vocation. We have, are you guys with me today? We have one vocation worked out in many different ways. We have one vocation, and that is to continue to fulfill the redemptive work of Christ as his people. He did it on the cross, and now we are the gospel influence. For me, that just happens to be that my full-time occupation, if you will, my full-time vocation happens to be, happens to be in the ministry as a, as a pastor, but the truth is this, I have the same vocation as you do. You may be a car salesperson, you may be a mom who works from home, you may be a police officer, you may be a, a business owner or a bartender, but the fact of the matter is we all, we all have one vocation. There's one thing that we are seeking to bring to pass, more people knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. Yesterday, we had the opportunity and the privilege of um, spending time together to celebrate the life of Jonay Dominguez, and uh, you know, we had a memorial service for him in the chapel yesterday, and uh, you guys, we've talked about Jonay, and so many of you were impacted by his life, and there were 400 people at least in the chapel. It was just absolutely packed out, and you know, it was an amazing, beautiful, reflection on his life. 
um, and the gospel was preached. And I'll tell you, like, as I shared the gospel and gave people an opportunity to respond, I've never seen a response like that ever before in a memorial service. I mean, there were 150, maybe 200 people that raised their hands in response to the gospel. And, and I'm saying this to say to you, I want you to, I want you to understand, I want you to be clear on this matter. It wasn't because of how the message was preached, all right? There is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm saying to you today, that moment happened because the groundwork had been laid. It had been laid by a tow truck driver who lived as an influencer for Jesus Christ. It was one of the easiest moments to preach the gospel because somebody was just an ordinary individual doing ordinary things, purpose to be a gospel influence, so the seeds had been planted, they'd been germinating over the course of time, and the harvest happened. And I'm, I'm saying that to you today to say, God can use you. God wants to use you. There is no difference between you and me or you and Alec or Krista or Pastor Jim. We are all people following God filled with spiritual gifts and when we engage in God's mission, God does great things. And so, so just wrapping up today, this promise that he gives to us isn't for our escapism because sometimes it's like, oh man, mansion, can't wait for it, get me out of here, you know, time's ticking, I don't like this. No, it's not for escapism, it's for invitation. He's inviting you, fill the house, fill the house, be a part of what I'm doing. And it requires a strong church comprised of strong Christians to bring about the purposes of God. So in August, um, I was given by God what I call the August word. He gave me, he gave me a phrase in August. And um, when I say God gave me a phrase, um, it doesn't mean that God spoke to me audibly. You know, this wasn't that I heard the voice of God audibly. He placed something upon my heart. And the longer you walk with God, the more discerning you're able to be about those moments where God's like, man, he speaks to you, right? I mean, he just puts his finger right there on your heart. And the phrase that he gave me, that he continued to give me, is this, season of strength. Season of strength. What the church, what Awaken Las Vegas needs is a season of strength. And so I prayed that through. I brought it to the senior leaders, uh, Pastor Tim, Pastor Jim, Pastor Tony. Josh is on that team as well, Pastor Josh is. And then we had some other team members and we talked this through, we prayed this through, we worked it out. What does it really look like to have a strong church? And then we got the staff together and instead of just like dropping this on the staff and saying, hey, this is what God gave us, these are your marching orders, now get to it. Uh, we, we said, listen, we believe God's called us to a season of strength. God wants us to be a stronger church because, because we got room to grow, all right? What does that mean? And so we worked together for an hour and a half or two hours on the whiteboard, and we worked out what it means to be a strong church and what God gave us uh, as a staff and what God gave us as a senior leadership team came together, and it confirmed that what, what, was, what was being spoken was being spoken by the Holy Spirit. 
And so today, and I'm wrapping up my part, these are the 10 keys to a strong church that uh, we're going to be after, we're going to be engaged in, we're going to be praying for, that you're going to hear a bunch about, um, and then you're going to see every single thing that we do this year is connected to these 10 keys. Number one, experiencing God's presence. Number two, you can take a picture of this if you want to, um, and it's, it's all over the place. It's on our website. By the way, if you're online today, uh, we love you very much. We miss you, wish you were here, but um, this is going to be online as given as a link. Experiencing God's presence, grounded in biblical truth, purpose-filled mission living is number three. Number four is being spiritually formed. Alex is going to uh, describe that for you. Number five is rooted in prayer. Number six is fearlessly using our spiritual gifts. How many of you guys know what your spiritual gift is? Raise your hand. All right, that's, we're, we're all gonna grow this year. It's gonna be great. Number seven is following spirit-led leadership. Number eight is giving with generosity. Number nine is having hearts of extreme unity. Number 10 is never forsaking transparency. Can you say amen? amen. All right, welcome Pastor Alec. To summarize the vision for 2023, we have three words, growing our future together, which actually there's four words, but whatever, <laughs> a statement. So I get to talk about growing. All of us are being formed into something. Our everyday choices and habits over time shape us into a specific type of person, whether that's intentionally or unintentionally. We desire at Awaken Las Vegas to be a church full of people who are being intentionally formed into the image of Jesus Christ. A church full of people who take on his way of life and grow into people of the kingdom of heaven. We desire not just to be a church of converts, but a church of disciples of Jesus who are determined to follow him in love. To do this, we need a roadmap to Christ-likeness, a clear way of taking on the habits and choices of Jesus himself uh, and uh, becoming more like him. So our leadership has created what we're calling the spiritual formation ecosystem. This would be a great time to take out your little pamphlet. There's going to be a diagram and um, some helpful things in there for you to understand everything that's going on. The spiritual formation ecosystem is a group of habits comprised from the life of Jesus that work together to accomplish the goal of shaping us into his image. There are three goals with this ecosystem. First, that every person in our church would see this as a roadmap to Christ-likeness. When we adopt these practices throughout our lifetime, the Holy Spirit changes us. When we embrace the lifestyle of Jesus, the transforming grace of God works within us to become his type of people. This is a grace that is open and available not just to the leaders in the church, but also to everybody who is willing and commits to taking on the lifestyle of Jesus. Secondly, this ecosystem serves as a foundation for all the ministries at Awaken Las Vegas. Each ministry of our church is built on the mission of shepherding people through different aspects of this ecosystem. And then lastly, we desire that our entire church would reflect this formation. It wouldn't be just something that the individual does, but that our collective church would commit to, that we would all be committed to living the way of Jesus. So what does that mean for you? Um, we all can grow in different areas of our discipleship to Jesus. If you go onto the back of that um, pamphlet, there's a QR code which you can scan and it takes you to a page. And it kind of talks about each practice in ways that we can grow in them and really uh, develop them as a lifestyle. So I really encourage you to take some time to, to look at that. But then also in the um, coming near future, we're going to have a grow class that is all about each practice within this ecosystem 
wisdom and how we can grow on it, grow in them and become people of Jesus. If you are new to the faith also, or you're just interested in learning more about the Christian faith, we are going to be relaunching Awaken Basics soon, and that is going to be on the sign-up page at some point in the near future, so make sure to get signed up for that. I'm excited for a great season of growing in our faith. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. How many of you guys are happy that you are privileged to be in this season of strength with Pastor Derek and the team? I know that I am. So I um, want to talk to you. My name is Krista, and I'm the director of youth, kids, and uh, basically that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> such the title. So um, this is an excellent day to cast vision. And um, I, I believe that this is just such a word from the Lord that this is the time and we are right here in the right place um, to just go for God with everything that we have and not to uh, grow weary, but to just, just to go for it with everything that we have. So, um, We've got so many exciting things coming up. And the first one, I want to talk to you guys about middle school and high school and the vision for 2023. The vision is to train up young ambassadors for Jesus to be light and salt in their own homes and community. Emphasizing, yes, emphasizing on grounding them in the gospel and equip them for life of, life of discipleship. Pastor Ray has teamed up with FCA in training our youth and parents starting FCA clubs in the public schools. Currently, there are no FCAs in middle schools in all of Las Vegas. It's a mission field right there, just like Pastor Derek talked about. Las Vegas, and this is a great way to plant our students as missionaries in their own schools. Just this week, Ray had a meeting at a Clark County school where five students asked for prayer and he prayed for them publicly right there in the hallway. God is doing amazing things through our team and through our youth. They are on fire for God. Ramsey is also involved with FCA to claim back two high schools, Sierra Vista and Clark, Clark High School. He's put together a heart of service program that's connecting the students with our church so that students won't just feel like they're in a student ministry, but they will feel like they are part of the church body. On a weekly basis, students are giving their lives to the Lord and staying in the altar area and getting right with God. Lives are being changed each Thursday night. And each service has anointed worship and powerful teaching. And last night, they had a wonderful, um, Ramsey and Rachel led a beautiful worship service in the chapel and the presence of the Lord was there in such a strong way. Both Ray and Ramsey are asking for your continued support and prayer for students to go on a missions trip in July and later a winter retreat, as well as prayerfully considering volunteering to disciple and lead in, in the youth group. So today they have a table. You guys might have passed that when you walked in. And they have a wonderful table set up and um, there are QR codes. And you can just sign up to pray. I think it really said a lot when we asked a, a Pastor Ray and Pastor Ramsey if they, um, what did they want? What, how, what did they want to say? And they said, we want the people to pray. 
We want the people to pray for these kids because the next generation is why we're all doing this. There would be no Vision Sunday if we weren't casting vision for that next generation. Children's ministry. I love to talk about this. Um, We've had some really exciting um, events coming up, but I want to say, you know, it's not about the events. You know, this isn't, I mean, we're not having an egg hunt for, because of our health out there, right? Eating more candy, no, no. We're having it because this year we've themed uh, April 1st is actually the egg hunt day, so mark your calendars. The greatest day on earth is our theme because of Jesus' redemptive work on the cross. He made a way for you and I. And we want you to invite everyone you can uh, to participate in this, and there's gonna be a gospel message and all kinds of things that are gonna lead people, and we're gonna point right back to Jesus where they need to be. And so we're so excited excited about the egg hunt. These aren't uh, events just to have an event. This is all about the kingdom and telling people about him. So um, VBS is June 5th through the 9th. It's called Hero Hotline. And we could not be more excited um, to welcome these Holy Spirit superheroes uh, right into our building here as the fortress while they learn to battle the devil. And that, and, and I just cannot wait for this week. Last year was absolutely amazing. I had just gotten here but it was absolutely amazing. Now, our next thing is uh, block parties. This is new. Together with our mobilization pastor, Kenny, we're going to engage the community, and our first one is going to be on April 22nd right here in this neighborhood. We're taking a fun family experience to local neighborhoods this spring, and we would love for you guys to come out and be a part of it. God wants to use you. Pastor Derek said this already, but the anointing is on the believer. He read that passage in uh, John today. Um, that uh, greater things that you will do. And it's hard to believe that, but you know what? The word also says all you have to do is ask. And and I'm asking the Lord um, to to give us a revival in our youth. And when we say revival, I just want to say that, you know, I'm not talking about like, let's get goosebumps, they tingle up the spine, all that stuff. All of that's great. Um, But if this doesn't happen now, Paul said in Romans that, that now is the time. So wake up, sleeper. And here you are at Awaken. And so this is the time to just go for everything that we can. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go to. I don't want to go to heaven empty-handed. I don't want to stand before the Lord and say I didn't do everything that I could possibly do uh, within myself and you know with His help just to just to do something and tell people about Jesus. So um, children's ministry is now offering an adaptive class for students who need extra care at our 11 a.m. service. This has been a long time coming, and if you know someone, please tell them to get with me. I'd love to answer any questions. Our Department of Children's, Middle School, and High School Ministries is asking you to pray with us on these four points, and those are the evangelism of Clark County Schools. Number two, that a chain-breaking revival will flood the hallways of each of this campus and the entire county. The time is now. The time is now. And for a student life center that we're believing in for future, for the future. And lastly, for more amazing leaders for each department. Today, after each of these services, we have our tables out there, and we'd love to meet you. If we haven't already met you, maybe you thought about signing up before to help and just be a bright light in one of our students' life. And if that's you today, we'd love to meet you at our table and get you signed up. 
Paul said, understanding the present time. And I think that most people in this room understand that we are in a time like no other time in human history. And the time is now to do everything we can for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. I love you guys. Hey, how you guys doing? Awesome. That's exciting, huh? Now, I want to say, Krista mentioned the tables outside, and we really would love for you to go out there and, and just sign up to pray, find out what's going on, talk to them. Uh, also, we have some snacks out there for you, so definitely stop by and get those, all right? And uh, we're really glad you're here today. So you saw that our vision for 2023 is growing our future together, right? Growing our future together, and the together part is important. It's important because we see over and over in the Word of God emphasized that we're a family and that we're supposed to be serving Him together. Yes, He cares about you individually. You come to Him individually. He hears your prayer. He loves you. He knows your need. But we're supposed to be a family. You know, one of these days, we're going to be together for all eternity, worshiping Him, every tribe, every nation that Pastor Derek talked about, right? And that family unit is now. So we're developing that. We also heard last week that Pastor Derek said from the Word in 1 John that if you don't love your neighbor, you don't love God. That's real. That's real Christianity right there, challenging us to be real and get to know one another. So one of the things we want to do is we want to build true community and know one another. And we're going to provide more opportunities for that to happen we're going to have quarterly worship nights. Do you guys like worship nights? I do. Quarterly worship nights. Love it. Life groups. We already have life groups. We've challenged you guys before. We want you to join a life group if you can, or maybe you're called to lead a life group. We have our life group leaders after the service right out here by the reach wall where the iPads are. Please go and talk to them. We have expanded ministry to families this year. Now, we already have all kinds of teaching about family in the Sunday services, Bible studies, life groups, all kinds of stuff. But we want to do a better job of pulling resources together for you. That's for parenting and single parents and marriages and, and how to deal with discipline in the home and, and all kinds of things. We want to make that available to you at your fingertips. And so our goal is to create a page where you can easily find that. By the way, if you're interested in going to a marriage conference retreat, uh, the weekend to remember is April 21st at Lake Las Vegas. If you're a married couple, you're interested in that, just go to Google, put in weekend to remember. We want to give people the opportunity to participate in community with things like volunteer fairs. I want to tell you something. The reason we reach out to you is, yes, because there's a need. We have a need in every ministry because we want to reach uh, people for Jesus, and we want to fulfill the vision. But I want to tell you, part of that vision is also just that you would find out what your spiritual gift is and that you would develop that gift. 
And so we would love for you to be involved and help you with that. You know, we send out prayer cards uh, to you guys where we make them available so that you can fill those out. Why? Because we want to pray with you, but also so we can be connected with you and you can be connected with what the needs are. And I want to tell you that Pastor Derek is doing a special service, a message on March 5th, specifically about prayer. And we're going to unveil our prayer wall uh, in the in the lobby. And it's a place where you can write down not only your prayer requests so people can see them, but also where you can write down the answers to prayer, the things that God has done so that we can all celebrate together. I want you to know that we're going to have a prayer room. The prayer room will happen at least twice this year, maybe more, where people can come in and have a time of focused prayer and just find out how to pray. And so that's going to be amazing. Watch for that. Also, we have the prayer experience. Do you guys remember the prayer experience from two years ago? We're going to do that again. I'm so excited about it. That's on March 24th. Okay, so be looking for that. And finally, one way that we can get to know you better and you can connect with us is through the meet and greet. If you are new to Awaken Las Vegas, we would love to get to know you. We want to hear about you and we want you to hear about us. And so our, our lead pastor and executive ministry pastor uh, and executive admin pastor and wives will meet you next Sunday, February 5th, and it's a light lunch. We'd love for you to come. It's right after the second service. And the best way to make sure we have enough food for you is for you to RSVP at the, at the Connect page. Please do that. Or just stop by the Connect desk. We'll get you all set up. All right? Okay. Uh, we also want to grow our community, not only within these walls, but we want to grow community in the sense of reaching out and fulfilling the vision. And I don't know if you realize that our church has planted many, many churches over the years. Did you know that? And many of those churches are still thriving. But one of the thing, things that God laid on Pastor Derek's heart and the, the heart of the leadership is that we want to take a, a slight refocus of the way we're planting churches. And so we have... Uh, created something called uh, the Awakened Church Community. And it's a way of planting churches that is intentionally relational and, and with a united purpose. I'm going to kind of explain to you what that looks like, okay? Um, imagine churches that all believe in Jesus, all believe in his mission, but also believe in the call to unity and genuine community. Imagine that. That's what we're talking about. And so I want to kind of paint a picture of what that might be like. The idea of the awakened church community is that we start with target areas that God lays on our heart. These are various cities, states, regions, and nations. We help to plant a church there, and it becomes the center church in that area. Center, C-E-N-T-E-R, not S-I-N-N-E-R. Center church. And that center church becomes like a hub. And it helps to plant other churches in that same area, all with different pastors, all with their own congregation, all with their own unique style and flavor, but with a common vision and a purpose to reach that particular area for Christ together. Let me paint it even more clear in our uh, area. Imagine Awaken Las Vegas as the center church in Las Vegas, planting 
three to five churches in Las Vegas, all with their own pastor, congregation, style, their own uh, activities and things that they're doing at their own church, but linked closely with the same heart, the same vision, and the same purpose, doing outreaches together, doing projects together, running with the same vision to reach Las Vegas. Imagine how much more efficient and effective we might be together. Amen. Now imagine Awaken Las Vegas, and now imagine that same community of churches in other cities, in other states, in other regions across this nation. How about in other nations? And now we have something that's bigger, that's not just the Awakened Church community, but it's the Awakened Global community. It's something that far outreaches our little area. Now, I just want to say to you, we're not trying to be grandiose and just have a big vision so that we can have like marks on our spiritual belt. That's not the idea. The idea is that represents hundreds and thousands of people's hearts and lives of people set free and redeemed and chains that have fallen off and communities and states and nations that are, that are reaching people for Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do. Amen? All right. Now, I want you to know that we already have five awakened churches in our community Praise God. And you're going to, yeah, you're going to get a chance to meet those pastors on March 26th. Isn't that amazing? So they'll be here. You'll get to meet them. You'll get to pray for them. And then also we're going to have a church planning event where you will get to go and find out about church planning. What do we mean? What is it like to plant churches? What's it like to plant an awakened church? And you'll get to celebrate with us and pray with us and see if maybe God has something for you and how you can participate in church planting. Okay, so we're really excited about what God is doing, and uh, we hope to see you outside. We want to spend time fellowshipping together. Okay, thank you guys. Thanks team. Great job. Um, okay, so listen, we're going to spend a couple of minutes praying, and there's going to be a verse up on the screen for you, a couple of verses, and this is the uh, framework and foundation of our prayer today. Jesus said this, to his disciples as he was laying this whole thing out, right? He wraps it up with, uh, with really uh, commissioning in a way before they got the great commission, but also the secret to the power that would bring this to pass. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Who's that? Yeah, I mean, so it's us, and there's a plural piece to this, right? It's us, it's we, but it's also me, right? There, it's me, because sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, that's the church. And you sit here and you think, oh, yeah, all oh, that's the church. Well, no, he just said this for you. Do you believe this for you? Yes. I mean, this is huge, right? Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he or she do, because I'm going to the Father, now, you might be thinking, man, how does that happen? Well, he says, whatever you ask in my name, you know, according to his will, for his glory, caught up in his story, this I will do that my Father may be that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So what we're doing today is this. 
We're not just putting a punctuation mark on the end of Vision Sunday. Hey, God, here's our vision. This is what we want to do. Would you please bless it? Like, that's normally how we roll our lives out. That's not what we're doing here. This is, God, what's your vision? What do you have? Okay, we've heard from you. And now please, we pray very specifically in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, make this happen. Pour out your power. Stir the spiritual gifts. Unite our hearts with unity. Anoint the preaching and teaching of your word. Help us all to live missionally. So as we pray today, you can pray as an individual, you can pray with your family, you can pray with your friends, however it works for you. There's a personal aspect of this, which is God, grow me, make me stronger. Father, here's my heart, you see it all anyway. Show me the liabilities, the weaknesses, the areas of sin that have been holding me back and growing in strength. And Father, show those things to me so that I can confess them to you and I can move forward in my walk with you. And then collectively for us, it's God, make Awaken Las Vegas stronger. God, make us a strong community of believers. Bind our hearts together and do a work. You say it in your word. Greater works than these you will do. And so we're not looking to what happened in the hippie movement. Most of us aren't even alive from that anyway. We're not looking for the 90s or the early change of the millennium. God, we want now. We want to experience it now. And so bring your power now. All right, go ahead and pray for a couple of minutes and then I'll wrap that time up with the word of prayer. Father, we do pray today that, pray today that you would hear the cries of our hearts and just do sense God that there are some among us who hear all this and, and yet there's just, it's hard to hear because because the sound of hopelessness or the sound of sadness or discouragement or uh, the confusion that weighs heavy on their hearts or their minds or just a great sense of loss, just they're dealing with it. God, they're dealing with it. And thank you that you see those, those beautiful people that you've made and shaped, created and are present with. And Father, we ask today that according to your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, that they'd be touched and encouraged and strengthened, that they'd know that they're not alone, that they'd know that there is a Father in heaven who has considered every detail. Oh God, your eye is on the sparrow. And if your eye is on the sparrow, how much more those who are made in your image strengthen and fill with hope. God, renew and revive. God, lift up, break chains that the enemy has been crafting to hold these precious souls down. God, break open the prison doors, even if it's of their own making. Be merciful, God. And God, we give you this church. It's yours. We know that every local church is just a treasure in your heart. 
You've always been faithful. You've always been present. You've always been good. God, we pray for a season like no other season, not because the mind of man has made it up, but because we have surrendered and yielded and have chosen to follow you and are focusing on the things that you've laid out in your word that make us strong in you. And so in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray that you would give us a season of strength. Amen.